This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 932 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Dressage Radio Show. Catherine Haddad joins co-hosts Reese Kostler Stanfield and Philip Parks with some advice on achieving straightness, whether you're going left, right, or straight. And we'll get right to our tip after this important message from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats, and it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are very pleased to have international dressage rider and trainer, um, dressage virtuoso, Catherine Haddad. Thank you for coming on the show tonight, Catherine. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Well, today we wanted to uh, we we requested you to give us um, a trainer tip. So uh, hopefully you have a talk topic that you wanted to talk about tonight with us. Well, I, there's always lots of talk, topics I would like to talk about when it comes to training, but uh, I thought that tonight we should. Mr. Schulteis always impressed me with the concept of there is no left and right, and then he would say in German there is only straight, and so he. Uh, actually trained me to bend horses in a way that you don't see much, uh, you don't see a lot um, in norm, what I would say normal or common dressage in any country. I think most of the top riders know how to bend horses really correctly, but most people when they first learn riding are taught to bend horses with the reins and the inside leg, and Mr. Schultz had a different idea about that. So, I mean, often you will, you'll hear people, students will come to you and complain that they can't get a horse to bend left or he's very hard on the left rein or can't get them through the right rein or he's only against the right rein. And if you said something like that to Mr. Schultheis, his response, response would be, there is no left and right. You know, he would make that funny sound that he made. 
very distasteful. <laughs> there, is, there is no left and right, and uh, there's only straight. So I thought maybe it would be interesting to talk about that concept. Yes. I can tell you, I got this complaint three times today, so from three different riders. So go, you know, okay. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Okay. Well, Mr. Schultheis was a thrueness master. He really, of all of the top ridemeister, all of the top people in the sport, I think really completely understood how to ride a horse through from behind into a state of powerful alignment. And what I mean by that is he was able to line up the single vertebrae of a horse's spine. Uh, in one direction, whether it was a perfectly straight line, if he was trotting straight at you, 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 it looked like you could shoot an arrow through his horse. I mean, it was he was he would be trotting that straight, but he could also bet, put a horse on a bending line, like a circle or a serpentine, um, or shoulder in position or half pass position, and you would still see alignment in the horse, and that means that the horse's body would perfectly align with the curve on which it was on. Now he didn't create that alignment by pulling on the inside rein. He created the alignment by, by getting so much power loaded into the hind legs of the horse coming through the back to the neck that the horse was in self-carriage. And if the horse was in self-carriage, that mean, meant that the horse became light in the contact, but there was such an incredible amount of energy coming from the hind legs through the hand that, it, that that alignment, that feeling, would be a little bit like tension in a guitar string. Now, if you have a, if you have a, a guitar string that is taut and you press on it with your finger, it bends. And that's, Mr. Schultz didn't ever really explain it to me in so many words, but his idea of bending horses came from that. You created that beautiful tension from the hind leg all the way through to the contact. And I don't mean nervous tension. I mean, I mean a connection, a tension connection from the hind leg through to the contact in the hand. And then you put your inner leg on and like the guitar string, the horse would then bend. His spine would assume the position of the bend. So Mr. Schultheis, generally speaking, was trying to get us away from using our reins all of the time. So if you ever had the complaint that your horse was hard on the left rein, he would say, why are you touching it then? You know? I mean, I, as trainers, Reese and I and, and you as well, I mean, we, we get this a lot. My horse won't bend to the right. My horse won't bend to the and, and all we see is riders pulling on the reins, and then the horse gets even worse. They, they brace themselves on the right when you pull on the right rein. And I say to them, the problem is not, I mean, the neck and the contact only shows you that the hind leg is not pushing. If the horse is not pushing evenly from his right hind leg and his left hind leg, then the horse, the horse is not going to be connected equally on both sides, and then you get this horse bracing through the neck. I, I mean, you see this all the time. I mean, hopefully that's kind of the same concept as, as what you're it talking about here. Concept. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, let's face it, there are horses who have been ridden like that for so long or have a physical issue that makes them, um, actually, Mr. Schulteis used to say that if a horse had a problem in the mouth, it was uh, an extension of something happening behind the saddle. So maybe one hind leg wasn't pushing as much as the other. One, I do tell some students, especially those who aren't really totally capable of riding high-powered energy from the hind legs. If I'm trying to show them, a lot a lot of people will be actually uneven in the reins themselves. That's a whole different story. So I'm always trying to teach my students to, to really keep equal contact on the reins, and if it doesn't feel equal, to equalize it. In other words, if you've got 10 pounds in your right rein, give on it a little bit and take more on the left so that you equalize the contact. Now, some people have a really hard time understanding that concept, and I usually then teach them to bridge the reins in one hand. So 
So if they're on, say, the easiest exercise, you go on the 20-meter circle in the walk, you bridge the reins, uh, you're going to the right, you bridge the reins in your right hand with your right rein ever so slightly shorter than your left. And because you bridge the reins and put your fist in the middle of the horse's um, neck, that doesn't mean you brace it down, you just hold it right above the mane. What happens then is that the reins are then almost automatically equalized. And then I tell people, okay, when you take contact back on the outside rein, don't change the horse's neck. And you would be surprised how difficult that exercise is for many people. So when I'm teaching people of, of a lower level of skill development, then I, that's one of the exercises I use. And then when they, when they have a much better ability to equalize the contact in the range and they've developed a bit of a seat, then I teach them about how to really get the hind legs coming through into those equal reins. And then bending is, is no longer an issue. And that is what Mr. Schulteis meant by that comment. There is no left and right. There's only straight. And he, he meant that there is no such thing as having a problem in one rein or the other. If you have a problem in the left rein or the right rein, it's an issue of alignment through the whole horse's body, not that he's stuck in the jaw. Let's put it that way. No, I think that's a really good, good concept because really I like to say it's a symptom. The reins or horse right. leaning is a symptom of what's happening behind. And I thought you yeah, said that really bit, well. The bit can only show you what's happening. You can't fix something that's, that's it's not the cause, right? It's, like you said, it's only a symptom. So, that's Catherine, right. yeah, real quick, can we go back? Can you just tell people what you mean by bridging the reins so everybody understands what you mean by that? Well, How do you, you, if you bridge the reins, let's say you've got the reins in, in two hands, so they're running through your pinky finger, up through your palm, through the, the um, underneath the thumb. If you bridge them, you would turn your knuckles, you say you're going to bridge them in your right hand, you would turn the knuckles up on your right hand and you would then put the left rein over the right rein that's in your hand. So you loop it through. So you're holding the reins in one hand. The bridge is then for it's like a handle that's formed that you hold the rein. Anyone who's done any knows how to bridge their reins. Um, so and actually anyone who's done basic horsemanship knows how to bridge their reins. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up in a book. There's actually pictures of it on, on Google. And any qualified instructor could tell you how to bridge the reins. There's yeah, that's also, why YouTube um, can be a really handy thing. Yeah, that's a really, a really good thing. To, exactly. To see, bridge the reins. Absolutely. And, yeah. It's kind of like the reins run opposite there. through both ways in your hand, right? The one runs the normal way and the other one runs the opposite way. That's right, and you you actually end up holding a uh, forming handle with the reins. But I think, I mean, I tend to speak about contact in the bit a little differently than most people anyway, which is why I've come up with a lot of different exercises and, and uh, different ways of teaching people about a living, breathing contact. I actually believe that it's the, the main job of the rider is to keep the bits out of the horse's way whether it's just a snapple bit or double bits that are in the horse's mouth, the job of the rider is to carry the bit slightly, very lightly in the upper corners of the horse's mouth. Um, and so the bits are not interfering with the horse's desire to go forward. In fact, the bits should not be restricting the horses in any way. So when you have a horse who's in a true state of submission, he has agreed to work with you and agreed to carry you in a posture of self-carriage and also to accept the lightest, most harmonious pressure on the bit that you can offer to him. So it doesn't mean that you never take a hold of a horse or you never have strong contact. What I'm, a lot of riders uh, see the bit and the reins there as a control mechanism. And I think when you really start real dressage, that disappears. 
the bits and the reins are there only for the slightest direction. And I don't even necessarily mean to direct the horse, but to direct the energy that you've created in one direction or the other. And I think that's where true dressage begins, is when you give up control and you just learn to, to focus the energy. Interesting. So do you have any other um, training tools that you use you know, with this concept? You know, we're looking for more. As much trainer tip as we can get out of you here today, Catherine. <laughs> you guys are all my secrets. I do have one training technique that I use in a lot of lower level clinics, um, which I found to be extremely helpful. When I'm having a hard time communicating in words how context should feel to a person, I'll actually have them get off the horse. And usually you can find a, a piece of pipe fencing somewhere on a farm, which is ideal for this, or a pipe gate. You need a vertical pipe that's round um, okay. or a, a pillar or a post, a flagpole works. And you take um, a lead rope that's cotton or any kind of cotton or an island rope. It's, it's best if it's a round rope and that the braid isn't too, you know, it's like a smooth round rope. And you just, you wrap it, um, you don't wrap it, you just put it around the post. And then you put it in your hands like rain. You put the, the two pieces of rope in your hand like rain. You step back until you have contact on the rain or the, the rope. And you, um, you, I then, you know, put my feet at shoulder width and I bend my knees a little bit as if I were sitting on a horse. Yeah. And I show this person then how to keep contact on these two, quote unquote, reins, these two pieces of rope, how to keep contact while I move my hands up and down, left and right, crossed over the top, crossed down below, how I don't allow the contact to change. And then I actually show the person how light I can make the contact on those reins while I'm still doing the same thing. So in other words, I can loop the rope a little bit on both sides and still maintain enough contact to keep the rope from sliding down the pole. And I can still move my hands around. Now that takes feel and that takes real elasticity in the arm. And I've actually had some people practice this two or three days in a row at a clinic and it actually really improves how they sit on their horses, especially in walk. By the time the horse starts trotting, you might lose the effect because you've got the horse effect. They start moving their head around and that screws everything out. <laughs> yeah. But I actually, a lot more motion is happening. Yeah. Exactly. They're balancing the rider around and then, you know, the post is no longer steady. But I find it's a very, it's a very helpful way to actually teach people the feeling what a strong, strong but uh, relaxed, um, strong but relaxed contact is. Let me explain that. You have some, a bit of pounds of pressure in your hand but your muscles remain relaxed in your arms. You don't tense your muscles in order to create contact. You just lean back a little against the rope, and that helps you create contact. Or how light you can make the contact. But in both cases, the musculature of the rider's arm has to stay very relaxed in order to keep the rope balanced on the pole so it doesn't slide down. Now, if you have a rider who's very stiff and extremely tense in the arm, and they really flex their muscles all the time, they won't be able to do this. And when you're riding, you want a very relaxed arm. You actually, I have found that over the years, the musculature of a horse's neck, the muscle tone of a horse's neck, will exactly match the tone of the arms he's ridden with. So that doesn't mean a rider can have big muscles, but if they're flexed all the time, then the muscles of his horse's neck will be flexed and rigid most of the time. And if a rider has, has a relaxed, more skeletal approach, riding without flexing the muscles all the time, the horse's neck muscles will be relaxed. So over the years, 
you can actually walk up to a horse in a stable and touch his neck and probably tell how relaxed the musculature of a rider is who's been wow. sitting on him. I never thought about it. Yeah, I never even thought about that. But that's a great way to, to look. And I think just even looking at the horse's neck as they stand in the box, are they being ridden correctly? You can tell right. as well. So I think that right. that's, Absolutely. That, that's a great way. And I love, love I mean, that, that, that size, actually, anybody can practice. And I think everybody, especially us that are up here in the, in the cold, that's a great way to practice. You could even practice that inside. Um, yeah, if you found the, the right kind of kind of yeah, if you have, uh, yeah, if you have the, yeah, something to put the, the the rope around, that's perfect. Right, and I've yeah. never heard of it that way. I've heard of uh, you know when when growing up, my trainer had the end of the rope or the the reins. They had it themselves, and they taught me that way. But I've never actually done it on a, on a pole like that. I think that's a really interesting concept to do. That's really a great tip. Yeah, even for riders who are very advanced. Sometimes you hand them the ropes, and they find out something about their contact too. So it is, it is a, it's an interesting thing to practice. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's a, a, that's good, a good one. Thank <laughs> you so much, Catherine, for coming on today. Um, how can people find you on the internet? Um, you know, maybe to contact you about clinics or, or, or anything. I guess the best way really is to search for me on Facebook and send okay. me a Facebook message. I think that in two months' time, my, my website will be completely new, and then it will be no problem. You'll just have to Google me, and you'll find my website. But right now, Facebook is the best way to contact me. Well, there you go. If you enjoyed Reese and Philip going all dressage geek on you, you can listen to them every week at dressageradio.com, or you can download the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android and have access to all of the shows on the Horse Radio Network. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. It's free and easy. Do it today. This podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of Kentucky Performance Products and listeners like you. Listeners like me, you ask? Folks like you who enjoy the great podcasts on Horse Radio Network can support your favorite programs by supporting our sponsors like Kentucky Performance Products and also by becoming an official auditor. For as little as a buck a month, you can help support the Horse Radio Network programs that you enjoy as an official auditor. And as an official auditor, you'll be eligible for some cool auditors-only perks. Learn more by going to horsetipdaily.com and look for the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. Thank you.